Our scripture lesson this morning comes from 1 Kings chapter 20, or 19. In this story, the prophet Elijah has been in a battle with King Ahab and his wife, Queen Jezebel. Jezebel is of a different way of living that is not in concert with the ways of the Lord. And so Elijah has gone up against Jezebel and she is angry. Let us hear the word of God. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah was afraid. He got up and fled for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. Elijah asked that he might die. It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. Elijah got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. At that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now, there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire.
but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Go. Return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazela as king over Aram. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we come to you this day awaiting a word from you. We come to you this day knowing that you are here with us, and yet we don't always know it. We come longing to be embraced by your presence. So come and hold us close. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I love Elijah's story. I just love it. Elijah is one of the greatest prophets. He has stood up to tyrants. He has prayed that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three years. He has prayed for rain, and the heavens opened up. He has brought down the powerful and raised up the dead. God has been with him through it all. So what does Elijah have to be worried about with Jezebel? Doesn't he know that God will be with him? Come on, Elijah. Get it together. Go pray. But that doesn't always work, does it? See, I think that in this story, we see what scripture does best. And that is speak with raw honesty that even the most faithful get exhausted and worn down. And just saying, go pray a little more. Pull yourself together. Don't you know God is with you? That doesn't always work. God's love is so much more kind. God's grace so much more healing. God's goodness, so much more powerful. I love Elijah's story. 
even if you have not gone down as deeply into depression as Eliza, Elijah does, you can probably imagine what that's like. Maybe you can relate even a little to his state of being. Maybe you have been overwhelmed by grief or a job or a relationship or your volunteer work or with caregiving. As Christians, we want to help. Jesus sacrificed himself so we don't have to. God wants us fully alive to do God's work. The World Health Organization is taking burnout as a serious health issue. Just this past year, it classified burnout as a serious medical condition, a syndrome caused and characterized caused by chronic stress and characterized by exhaustion, distancing, cynicism, and inefficacy or loss of confidence. Elijah has all those symptoms of burnout. He is beyond exhausted. He puts so much distance between himself and his work. He runs away. He ditches his support system and goes into the wilderness by himself? I think he might doubt his ability to do his work anymore. Maybe he's too old. Maybe he hasn't listened to enough podcasts or TED Talks on best practices for profits. Maybe God has forgotten him. But here's the thing. God loves Elijah just as God loves each of us. And God hears Elijah's cries for help. And God gives Elijah sleep. In the wilderness, under the broom tree, sleep, Elijah, sleep. And God sends an angel over with a casserole to feed Elijah and then lets him go back to sleep. And sleep some more. I love God. And God sends another angel with another casserole and gives Elijah a sabbatical. Forty days and forty nights to the mountain of the Lord. This is the mountain where Moses received the Ten Commandments. The place, the place where God showed up to Moses in earthquake, wind, and fire. This is the place, the God place of all God places. And when Elijah gets there, what is the first thing he does? Find a cave and go to sleep. And in the morning, God asks, What's going on, Elijah? How did you get to this depleted place? I 
I've been very passionate for doing what is good and what is right, and nobody cares as much as I care, and I am the only one left. Now, this isn't exactly true. Elijah is not the only one who cares, and he's not the only prophet left. More than that, it is not up to him to make everything just and right. Have you ever felt inadequate because you haven't been able to do that which is not yours to do? Have you ever thought that since you haven't cured cancer or straightened out the world finances or, as it says on some mugs, solve world peace before dinner, or solved your child's or wife's or husband's problems? Sometimes I think that I'm supposed to single-handedly be able to stop the decline of Christianity in North America. If I just preached a little better and tried a little harder, I could do that. And God says, Really? You got things a little out of perspective? Tired much? See, God says that's the kind of thinking that got you here. What part of you are not God, Elijah, do you not understand? But come out here, Elijah, and stand in front of me. Not in the storm. Moses knew God in the storm. But Elijah experiences God's presence in the quiet. God tries again. What's going on, Elijah? What got you to this place? I'd like to think Elijah answers God with a little more self-awareness. But that's not what we really get. I have been the most passionate for doing what is right and good and no one else cares and I am the only one left. Maybe self-awareness takes a little more time. God loves Elijah. And the verse after the verses that we read, God says, go Elijah, after you start this coup, by anointing a king who is not king, go and call yourself a student. And that's where we get Elisha. He becomes Elijah's partner in ministry. Now, one way to hear this story is to hear it as grace. Another way to hear this story is to hear it as a challenge from God to take care of ourselves 
get enough sleep, eat right, stay connected to others, remember not to lose perspective, and take a vacation. Good things. And oh, find a few minutes to be in silence before God. Good. So, okay, if I set my alarm for 15 minutes earlier every morning and I get up, I can do my morning meditation before I go to my workout at the gym and come home and prepare my healthy lunch. You just have to try a little harder. One of the commentators I read says, Satan has beaten up on us for not trying harder to get close to God. Satan has beaten up on us for not trying harder to get close to God. You see, God is not supposed to be one more thing to do on our list. God is not one more item to check off. A healthy spiritual life is about paying attention and knowing that, yes, we seek God. We sleep, we eat right, we go on vacation. And when we get off track, know that God seeks us. God seeks us out in sleep. God seeks us out in the food brought by angels. God seeks us out with the tough questions that make us face ourselves. God seeks us out in vacations. God is already there, part of life woven in. And yes, God may be present in a new prayer practice. Or God may be present in a yard sign that jumps out. The Washington Post had an article about a woman, Amy Wolf, who had been talking to a school teacher and learned about the suicides that were happening with young people at the high school, and she wanted to do something she didn't know what. And so she had 20 signs printed up, yard signs, that just said things like, don't give up. Your mistakes don't define you. You are loved. She said, I envision somebody driving down the road, minding their own business, and just having this sign that says, don't give up. She thought maybe it was crazy. And maybe this isn't your thing. Maybe you drive by one of those signs and be like, that's okay. But Amy got an anonymous letter last year from a man in Salem, Oregon, who had suffered depression for seven years and was going down deep. And on his way home from picking up pizza for his family, he decided to take a different road and came across one of the signs that said, don't 
give up. He said he was so moved that he pulled over and started weeping. Then he drove home and told his family about how he had been suffering. It was exactly the word he needed at that moment to give him enough of God. To keep going and have hope. God's love is so kind. God's grace is so healing. God's goodness is so powerful. God seeks us out. I love this story of Elijah. Amen. In the work that we do in this congregation, we prepare our offerings so that while we sing, we can be thinking about what we will give back to the Lord.